0: reconcile herself to a life without romance she was far too pretty for that of course and arthur chamberlain often longed to tell her how pretty she really was but her abstracted air held him at arm's length he lay back at ease in his swivel chair and considered looking at her with unfeigned pleasure She did not notice it, for she was so much absorbed in her own thoughts that she rarely noticed anything he said or did when they were not in the line of her duties. Miss Woodward, he repeated, I said I think I'll never make a successful man. Do you know what that means? She looked at him mutely, polite inquiry in her eyes. It means, he said gravely, that I'm going broke. Unless something turns up in the next three weeks or a month at the latest, I'll have to get a job. And that means? she asked. All this will go to pot, he explained with a sweeping gesture. I thought I'd better tell you as much in advance as I could. You you mean you're going to give up your office and me? she asked, a little alarmed. Giving you up will be the harder of the two, he said with a smile but that's what it means. You'll have no difficulty finding a new place with three weeks in which to look for one, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry too, Mr. Chamberlain, she said, her brow puckered. She was not really frightened, because she knew she could get another position, but she became aware of rather more regret than she had expected. There was silence for a moment. Jove, said Arthur suddenly, it's getting dark, isn't it? It was. It was growing dark with unusual rapidity. Arthur went to his window and looked out. Honey, he remarked in a moment or two, things don't look just right down there somehow. There are very few people about. He watched in growing amazement. Lights came on in the streets below, but none of the buildings lighted up. It grew darker and darker. It shouldn't be dark at this hour, Arthur exclaimed. Estelle went to the window by his side. It looks awfully queer, she agreed. It must be an eclipse or something. They heard doors open in the hall outside and Arthur ran out. The halls were beginning to fill with excited people. What on earth's the matter? Asked a worried stenographer. Probably an eclipse, replied Arthur, only it's... Odd we didn't read about it in the papers. He glanced along the corridor. No one else seemed better informed than he, and he went back into his office. Estelle turned from the window as he appeared. The streets are deserted, she said in a puzzled tone. What's the matter? Did you hear? Arthur shook his head and reached for the telephone. I'll call up and find out, he said confidently. He held the receiver to his ear what the he exclaimed listen to this a small sized roar was coming from the receiver arthur hung up and turned a blank face upon estelle look she said suddenly and pointed out the window all the city was now lighted up and such of the signs as they could see were brilliantly illuminated they watched in silence the streets once more seemed filled with vehicles. They darted along, their headlamps lighting up the roadway brilliantly. There was, however, something strange even about their motion. Arthur and Estelle watched in growing amazement and perplexity. Are, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Asked Estelle, breathlessly. I see them going backward. Arthur watched and collapsed into his chair. For the love of Mike, he exclaimed softly. End of Chapter 1 Part 1 The Runaway Skyscraper by Mary Leinster Reading by Frank Harrison Part 1 Chapter 2 He was roused by another exclamation from Estelle. It's getting light again, she said. Arthur rose and went eagerly to the window. The darkness was becoming less intense, but in a way Arthur could hardly credit. Far to the west, over beyond the Jersey Hills, easily visible from the height at which Arthur's office was located, a faint light appeared in the sky, grew stronger, and then took on a reddish tint.